Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. How many would like, I don't know that. You know, we're like, I, I live and breathe it. I live and breathe it. Well, here's what I want to do today, okay? We're going to talk about this the last day talking about social media. All right, shut up and dance with me. What does that mean in our families? What does it mean? We're going to take a biblical look at them. Now, before you get scared, I'm not here to tell you it's bad or anything weird like that. Okay, so we're going to look at it from a biblical worldview. How many of you here really quick have a pet? Not a fish, real pet. Okay, not a cat, real pet. All right, a few of you. Okay, so, all right, so I have a real pet, kind of. She's a big fluffy dog named Spirit. Some of you had met her. She's like a teddy bear with a soul, okay? That's my dog. I love my dog. And she is, is she five or six now? She's six. Thank you. All right. She's six years old. Just her birthday was last week. And I was having this like flashback. We got her when she was 49 days, man. She was just so tiny. It's so cute. Yeah. It was just, just cute. And, and we pick her up and we bring her home and I was training her. Some of you heard some of my training stories. This one you haven't heard. And, uh, and, and I'm training her and one of the things that I wanted to teach her was to stay. And if you ever taught a dog how to stay, what you do is you tell the dog, you say to it, good, you're on point. And, and it stays. And, and then you walk about five feet away and say, good girl, come on, or good boy. You know, and, and she came. And then you do it again. And this time you, you move a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. Eventually with spirit, I was actually able to be in the other room with her and I put her on stay which is really good for her, sometimes bad for me. And uh, this one time after I finally had her trained, I, I told her in our little entryway carpet, she came in with snow on her paws, just like this week. And I said, stay. And I said, you know, do you like this? I can do nonverbal cues with her. And I walk upstairs and I get upstairs, I use the bathroom and, and then I come out. I'm like, you know, it's been a long time since I've watched something on Netflix. And uh, I, I don't get ahead of me. <laughs> I turn on the TV and I'm watching Netflix and I'm just enjoying the show. And it, I don't even remember what I watched. And, you know, hour and a half later, took a little bit of a nap, you know. It, it, probably three, four hours passed, I want to say. I walk downstairs. Spirit still sitting in the exact same position. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Now, before you think I'm a bad pet owner, let me tell you my bad parenting story. Um, <laughs> We have this thing in our house called timeouts. Do you have timeouts? We, we don't anymore. Our kids are a little older. You know, they didn't need them for a while. Now they're teenagers again, so they need them again. But uh, um, I remember, I don't remember which kid it was, probably all of them at one point. And uh, the stairs are our timeout spot. Do you remember the nanny? How, you remember the show, The Nanny, a while back? She always said to have a timeout spot. So we had the timeout spot. It's kind of our staircase, or it was for me. And so I sent one of our kids on a timeout. And, and I'm like, you got to go there. And usually it's like five or 10 minutes, right? I'm in the kitchen cooking and probably a half an hour goes by. And one of my kids is like, dad, is my time done yet? And, and rather than like being the bigger, I'm confessing my sin to you. Rather than being the bigger man, you know what I did? Well, I think so. I got to check the clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been a half an hour. And I went and I took, I took him off. Um, I, I think that when I look at this, what I've learned and what we're going to look at today is that we love structure. We actually thrive on structure, okay? Now, 
our kids, especially my teenagers, I have two and a half of them, they do not like structure sometimes, but they really do. You know what I mean? And, and we do too. We like structured routines. We like having our routines. And I think what happens in this world of social media, let me ask you this really quick here today. Who here is a parent, by the way, of, of any kind of kid, any age, of any age? Okay, it's probably 90% of us, all right? For the rest of us, if you've been on any social media in your life, this is for you too. Here's what I want to do in the remainder of our time, and we'll go full circle back to our our dog and child story. What I want to say is this. It is so difficult to figure out how to deal with social media, how to live as a Christian. Where do we draw the line? Where do we set the guidelines? How do we set the guidelines? What does it look like? And, And at the same time, are we ending up like the guy in the video sometimes where we're so busy that we actually... We not only miss God's word, I think sometimes we actually forget about it. I'm talking to myself right now too, where it's like, I'm so busy. It's like, oh man, I've done everything else. I might as well pray now for a little bit. I might as well give God the time that he deserves for, from me. All right, if you're with me, say yeah. All right, for everybody else, here we go. Okay, so what I have is three, basically three things that I want to invite you to partake in that will help you with this media, social media journey, okay? And so just, you'll understand this as we unpack this together. So let me give you the first one. I'm just going to give you three this morning. Number one, reject ignorance, embrace education, okay? Can I hear an amen from a teacher? Come on, all right? Reject ignorance, embrace education, Guys, if you're a parent, I want to tell you this right now. I'm just going to pick on parents for a moment, myself included. You're not going to outsmart your kid. How many know that? How many don't believe that? (laughs) Yeah, pray for you, buddy. All right. You got to stop trying to beat them and you got to join them. You got to join them. I hate the Jurassic Park whatever app my kids have. I don't like the rules of, what is it called? Rules of survival where they're like, you know. And I don't like the, um, you know, the, the Minecraft. They'll build these things. It's like, you're like prepping to be an architect. And, and some of you guys, you know all these things. But rather than me go, no, you can't do that. I want to learn. You know, last night I got Silas on my lap and we're playing we're playing Catan and, you know, a board game, you know, educational game. And uh, he's, he's, it's not educational. And he's sitting on my lap and he's playing this like, you know, Jurassic Park game. And he's like, dad, look at, this is my bronchiosaurus. This is my, you know, dinosaurus-saurus. I don't even know what it is. You know, he's like, show me all these crazy things. And rather than me be like, I don't want to see that. I was like, all right, tell me about it. Now I'm trying to understand it. It's a whole new language, a whole new concept to me. But parents, if we think we're going to outsmart our kids, if we think we're smarter than them when it comes to the devices that they have and the stuff that they have, you're mistaken. They are so far ahead of you and me, it's, it's unbelievable. And so stop trying to fight it, okay? Some of us are like, I'm still anti this or I'm anti that. Stop trying to fight technology. Embrace it. Use it. Learn from it. Now, there is some negative, you know. Brian touched on this last week a little bit. And the largest, you know, we, we see pornography come out of social media a lot. You know, the largest consumer of pornography today is kids ages 12 to 17. It's the largest, by 80%, largest age group, 12 to 17. Here's the deal. Why is that so important? Okay, exposure to pornography directly increases a child's likelihood of depression, violence, sexual discontentment, eating disorders, and anger. Directly correlates with it. Directly. To make it more complicated, check this out. Research shows that the average 8 to 18-year-old spends, you ready? This is average, some below, some above, an average of 7 hours and 38 minutes using entertainment media on a typical day, okay? 
That's average, more than 53 hours a week. It's estimated that preschoolers spend an average of at least 2.2 hours to as much as 4.6 hours a day looking at a screen. And I think a lot of us, we're, we're trying to forbid it, we're trying to limit it, myself included. We have rules in our house we'll talk about in a minute. But unless your plan is to become an Amish guy or gal or family, at some point your strategy has to change, okay? Technology is everywhere. So if you're like, no, 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 not my house. We're not going to have technology. No, 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 we're, we're not going to do that. We're not, you have to stop being ignorant and embrace it. It's not going away. If you're like, my goal in life is to change the world and go anti-technology, you're living in the wrong world, <laughs> Okay. It's there. It's everywhere. And so we've got to educate ourselves with it, not be afraid of it. And we actually have to look at it as a gift. I believe social media is a gift. Let me show you one more slide here, this next one really quick. Um, this is from Global Digital Snap- Snapshot. Um, th- this is right here. This is the whole population of the world. 7.476 billion people, okay? How many are social? 54%. That's a lot of people, okay? Right here, internet users, 50%. All right, active social media, okay, 2.7, 37%. Look at this, look at this, this is crazy, all right? Almost 70%, 5 billion of the 7.5 billion have a mobile phone today. This is our world, man, it's crazy. And then the last one, active mobile social users, 2.5 billion, okay? So at least 34% of our entire world is connected somehow. Well, this is like the new world, man. I'm trying to, I just want you to see, this is relevant. Well, where is this at in the Bible? We'll unpack that in just a moment, okay? And so I want you to see what's happening. Now, I believe that God wants to utilize this for his, his good. You can take that, that slide down for one second. How many believe social media is a gift from God? I do, and I want to explain why. We have one person in me, two of us. So I'm going to convince you the next 15 minutes that it's a gift from God. How many believe it's a gift from the other guy? That would be Satan. Okay, how many don't believe anything? How many just don't want to raise their hand this morning at church? All right, cool. You raised your hand. All right, so um, here's the deal. Social media is a gift from God. When we read the Bible, think about this, okay? Contextualize this. We find that at the beginning of time, God created these two people, Adam and Eve, They're alone in their little garden and gave them this worldwide task. What did he tell them to do? Go and subdue the world, take dominion over it. In order to do that, what were they going to have to do? They were going to have to invent new technologies. You know, they're going to have to figure out tools to garden with. We might not think of, you know, sheer, you know, things, clippers as technology, but that was. They're going to have to build bridges. They're going to have to build farm equipment. They're going to have to build boats to do that. So right in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, we actually see God say, hey, technology is a good thing. In fact, he says, I want you to subdue the world. It's almost impossible to do that without a boat, okay? You can't do it. Well, what if there was Pangea, Chris? Then you could, you could all go to, no, we're not even going to go there, okay? If they were going to plant and harvest crops, they needed farm equipment. If they were going to go across another sea, they would need a what? Boat, an airplane, a ship, anything. Yeah. Yeah, Surfboard, come on, somebody. All right, they, they would need it to get across. I love surfing, by the way. Every new technology is an opportunity. And if you don't see it that way, claim statement, you're missing the boat. Because you have an opportunity and a platform to use social media for God's glory. And if you're not, you're wasting it. Social media today also is where much warfare happens, okay? God has a purpose for it. So does Satan. 
Okay? There's both purposes for social media. Go ahead and put that other slide up again. Number two. Here it is. Number two. Your social media culture is anything you create or allow. I tell this to our lead team all the time. I said, whatever we do at church, whatever we create or whatever we allow is our culture. Whatever you create or allow within your family, within your context, that's your social media culture. Let's go back to the Bible for a second. Go way back. There's this guy, his name's Elijah. Incredible prophet, all right? Elijah's doing miracle after miracle. He thinks he's the only prophet left of God. And there's all these other false prophets. And they were following this God called Baal, B-A-A-L. Okay, so you got Elijah the real prophet, the false prophets. And Elijah is trying to change the culture of the day. He's trying to transform this culture. Now, I'm not saying you're going to change the social media culture of today, but what you can change is your own culture that you're responsible for with your kids, with your family, with your own use of this stuff, all right? And so Elijah, he's here, and finally he gets challenged, and he says, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to see who the real God is. Would the real God please stand up, is basically what he says. And so they go out to this mountain, and he creates this offering to God, and all the other false prophets do as well. And, and all the false prophets, they start calling down fire from their God. Come on, Baal, come on, do it. You can burn it down. What do you think happens to their offering? Not, it's not a real God. What's going to happen? Check this out. I love this. We're going to read this right here in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 38 and 39. It says, immediately, immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up the water in the trench. Come on, man. That's our God. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and they cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Did he just change the culture? Yeah, he changed the culture. You guys awake with me this morning? Yeah, am I, am I boring you? Are you, are, you, are you with me? Are you just like trying to follow? Is that, where are we at? How are we doing? We good? We good? Okay, one person said they're bored. I'm sorry, I'll wake you up. Okay, all right. Okay, you can, there's an app for that, I'm sure. All right, so, um, Elijah was not willing to allow his culture to worship a false god. That's not what he wanted. What culture will you create? Let me give you ours and our family, just really briefly. And I, the reason I don't, I don't want to get into all this stuff is I don't want to tell you, this is what you have to do with your family. You have to figure that out. You have to figure out your guidelines and your culture. I can't create that for you. For ours, you check in your phone at night. It's not going to be by you at night, okay? Uh, you get 30 minutes on a device a day. Um, and and we, we learned this from a family a couple weeks ago in our church here. Uh, I said, what do you guys do? And they said, well, if they want more, what we do is we make them learn a Bible verse, and then we give them 10 more minutes. We stole that, and I love it. And it's really good. However, after last week, if you remember Brian's verse that he used to preach from last Sunday, it was the verse, Jesus wept. So all my kids are like, I got a verse, Dad, I got a verse. I'm like, what is it? Jesus wept. Yeah. I say, can you tell me in context what that's from? Yeah, it's some, some guy named Zacchaeus and this and that. No, no, no. I said, if you can get it right, I'll give you the 10 more minutes. And so it was, it was Lazarus and uh, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was close, same amount of syllables, you know. And... Uh, I just said, if you can bring me a Bible verse that you memorize and you can actually explain to me what it means, okay, the difference between religion and relationship, then I'll give you 10 more minutes. And it's been great. We're not perfect at this. In fact, what we also try to do is we say, hey, get your chores done first. Then you can go on. And at any point, at any time, Heather or I, this is my wife Heather down here, beautiful woman, at any time we have five kids, we can go on our kids' phones 
at any point in time. If they're in the middle of a conversation, if they're in the middle of texting, if they're in the middle of a game, if we say, I want to check your phone, we get it right then. If they refuse, if they say, hey, just give me a minute, they lose the right to that phone. Because kids are so quick and so fast. And it's not that I don't trust my kids, it's that I don't trust the other stuff that's out there. And I want to protect them. I am called to do that as a parent, okay? Some parents should have said amen right there. Now, we're not trying to be overarching and we've learned to trust our kids and they've learned to trust us. But we want there to be open communication between it. We don't want to say, you can't do this, you can't do this. No, you get it done and hey, if you got other time and you want to spend it, let me know. We'll figure it out. But those are kind of our set standards. It's going to look different in your family and that's supposed to be. All right, come on, everybody say number three. Number three, don't, this is the big one for the day. We're going to camp out here. Don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of God. Don't, thank you. Don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of God. Don't let it. Here's what happened. Elijah does this miracle. One of the most incredible miracles in all of the Bible. You know what he does after it? I I shared this about a year ago. He ran. He ran away. Jezebel, you know, she, she was an adulterer. She was just a, a woman of evil with the king. She, she was, you know, friends with all of these Baal worshipers, the false prophets. They're all killed. And Elijah flees for his life. He sees this great miracle and he's scared. And so he runs and he goes up to this mountain and God says, I'm going to meet you there. And so he's waiting for God to show up. Basically, Elijah's at his end. Now, some of you, maybe you're there. Elijah was so discouraged that he was essentially ready to commit suicide. It even says that. God, take my life from me. He was done. Even after God did these big things, even God's favor was on him. And he still felt this. Read this right here. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord's about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. What? What? You were going to come, God? It was windy. It was this manifest presence. But you weren't there. Becca, I'll call you up in just a couple minutes, okay? First Kings, we keep reading. Chapter 19, verse 11. After the wind, there was a what? Earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. What? What? This is like God's manifest presence. Where is he? Okay? I'm a theologian. I like this stuff. If God's not in the earthquake and he's omnipresent, he's everywhere all the time, where is he? Where'd he go? Did he abandon Elijah? He's not there. We read on. 1 Kings 19, 12, the first part. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Why was the Lord not in the fire? Why was he not in the wind? Why was he not in the earthquake? You know why? You know what it says in the book of Isaiah? Here's the coolest part in the entire Bible today that I want you to get, that I want you to grasp. Right here, this is it. Okay, social media is a part of it. And I think we have to be so careful to realize it's not the social media that's keeping us away from God. It's us. And we have got to figure out how to do it. It says right here in the book of Isaiah, it says, God does not show up. I don't have this on the screen for you. But he doesn't show up by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. By his spirit. By his spirit. This is how he shows up in our lives today. How many, you ever heard that voice in your heart? You know, I don't don't see God speaking audibly or out loud today. But we get those things in our heart where it says, you know what, maybe you're supposed to spend a minute or two with me. You know, and sometimes we take heed, sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes the pastor takes heed and sometimes the pastor ignores that voice. I'm human. Sorry to break it to you, okay? I'm not perfect. I don't have a perfect devotional life. I try to read my word every day. Are there days where I don't? Yes. Are there days I don't pray, pray enough? Or do- Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm not perfect. Just because you label pastor in front of my name, it doesn't make me like a super Christian. All right? You know, a few years ago, I, uh, I have a friend of mine, and him and I were going up to the Bounty Waters. And we love the Bounty Waters. In fact, we were driving through the city of Ely. How many have been to the city of Ely? It's just beautiful, isn't it? And I remember he was trying to get out of work, and it was just crazy, just crazy loud and crazy obnoxious. And I remember we were trying to get up there, and uh, it, was, it was basically, um, it, it was just, you know, all, all the noise of the world just kept coming in and in and in and in. And I was just like, I was getting so distracted, you know, by when we get up to Ely and we get our packs on and we get everything on and we're getting ready to, you know, get out on, on the lake and, and we're trying to do this. And we've been just a crazy week at church, a crazy work and week for him. And we get our canoe and we're, we're canoeing out there. And finally we get to this, you know, this little island and we're on this island. We set up our tents and, and all of a sudden it was a little quieter than I was used to. In fact, it was like deafening quiet. And I sat there and it was so quiet. It was loud. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? And I sat there and I just enjoyed this quietness. And you know what it says in Psalm 4610? It says this, be still and know that I am God. I say, well, that was a little weird. It was kind of crazy in here. Our lives are like that. Come on, man. It's so like that where sometimes I think we miss that voice of God. First Kings chapter 19, the last part here, verse 12 and 13. Becca, why don't you come on up? It says this. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. And he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And the voice said to him, what you doing here, dude? It's my version. What you doing here, bro? What are you doing? Elijah, what are you doing here? Pours out his heart. Has a conversation with God that completely, entirely changes who he is from that point on. In fact, it allows him to basically bring the anointing God had given him to someone else later on in his ministry because he learned to obey and hear the quiet, still voice of God. So let me ask you this question this morning. Serious question, just right now, between us and God. If God's voice doesn't come as wind, if God's voice doesn't come in an earthquake or or in a fire, if God's voice is really in a whisper, if that's really true, Are we set up successfully to hear him? Are you set up successfully to hear the voice of God? Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. You can ask my wife, man. It is hard for me just to stop for a few minutes and just pray and just listen to the Lord. But I feel so encouraged every time I do. Try it this week. Just take five, ten minutes. Take 20 during your day sometime. Just stop. Turn it off. Turn the cell phone off for a minute. It can wait 20 minutes. It'll be okay. You know, don't have to post something. Don't have to like something. Don't have to look at something. Just wait. Some of us in here, you need to be like my dog or my kids. Some of you need a long time out. I need a long time out. We need that time where we can just say, all right, God, 
What is it that you want to speak to me? Because sometimes we need a verse from the Bible, but then sometimes we need to hear his voice. And God's voice always wants to speak. We just don't always do a great job listening to that voice. One of my heroes this week, sorry, I cut out. One of my heroes passed away this week. And uh, if, you, if you haven't found out yet, I'm sure, sure you probably know, but Billy Graham passed away. My kids are like, who's Billy Graham? <laughs> um, the greatest evangelist of our generation reached more people. And the thing that I love about him, and I'm so appreciative of him, and I want to honor him today just for a moment, is the fact that he made it to the age of 99 years old. And not one time do we read about some crazy negative thing about Billy Graham in the news. Not one time. You don't ever hear about some, you know, one thing or some sexual thing or anything like that. He left a legacy, man. He left something to follow. You know why? Why? Because he listened to the voice of God throughout his entire life. I want to leave you with the quote that he shared this morning. I'll put it up on the screen. It says this. My home is heaven. I'm just traveling through this world to get there. It's not good. So good. So simple, but so good. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will not get to heaven. I can assure you of that. If you know Christ as your Savior, you will receive your reward. It's that simple. There's so much more than just a ticket out of hell. He wants to be in a relationship with you and with me. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.